Kia ora. Matt Toku Ingoa. And oh, we're going to have the joy of talking about desperation today. Let me get the technology ready. Does work, that's good. So, okay, Um, just gather my thoughts. God is good, isn't he? I just, um, Friday was so lovely to go and uh, celebrate these guys when they got baptized, it was just uh, such a wonderful thing and a privilege. And just a reminder to me of um, of God's grace and His mercy to us. Just uh, just before I start, I just wanted to carry on a little bit from where James read in communion. So he he read from John 6 about uh, when Jesus said that he was the flesh. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. And then a little bit later, in that same verse... Uh, it says, from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him because his teaching was hard. And they were a bit like, whoa, this is a bit full on. And he turns to the 12 and says to them, and I just I, I kind of imagine him with a wry smile because I think he knows what they're going to say. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the 12. Simon Peter asked him, asked, answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know and to know that you are the Holy One of God. So I just, um, that is a very nice lead-in to uh, what I want to talk about today. So we're doing a series on Empowered, about being empowered in the Holy Spirit. Uh, And we've had um, talks on the Holy Spirit as revealer uh, and on faith and healing and spiritual gifts and uh, words of prophecy and knowledge, and there's this one, and then James is going to wrap up next week, I think. Um, And so this is really about about the Holy Spirit as the one who comes alongside us. So later on, John... He's telling the disciples that he's going to go away, right? And he's, he's going to go and they're not going to see him uh, in the same way. And he's not going to be with them in the same way that he was. And the disciples are feeling a bit kind of anxious about that and a bit uptight about it, as you, as you can imagine, because they still, I think they're still seeing him as this political leader who's going to overthrow the Romans. And he's going, I'm in a much bigger battle than that. Uh, And so in the midst of all of this, he says this, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. In the midst of the disciples' uncertainty and their anxiety over over what he's telling them about his coming death, um, Jesus promises to send another advocate and a helper to take his place. 
He tells them he'll, he'll be leaving, but the advocate will never leave them. Now, the word for advocate in the Bible is a Greek word, parakletos. And what it means is one who is summoned alongside to aid. You know, one who comes alongside to aid. It means also, in, 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 in some sense, it also means like uh, someone who might come alongside and speak for you in a court of law. But that, that thing about someone who is summoned to come alongside us and give us aid, to give us comfort. This is why, in particular, in the vineyard, we pray, come Holy Spirit. It's not that he's not here with us already, but, we, but there is a, uh, an invitation in that to say, hi to my wairua tapu, come Holy Spirit. There's an invitation. We're, we're making ourselves open and vulnerable and inviting the Holy Spirit to come in. And in our distress, when we're desperate, we can call on him. And when you call, he will come. That's what it promises. That's what it says there, right? He will never leave you. If you're fearful or anxious, pray, come Holy Spirit, and he will come and, and, and come alongside you and bring peace. You know, we live in a society where, uh, you know, the, our news trades on fear and anxiety. And, and, and it's a, we're almost like a society addicted to fear and anxiety. But that's not the way of God. He wants to come to us and bring us peace through the Holy Spirit. If you're feeling isolated and lonely, come, pray, come Holy Spirit, and he will carry your burden. He will, he will be your friend and your teacher. And if you're stressed and overwhelmed, and I know that um, I've, I've had moments uh, where I've felt like this, and just, it's funny, when I was preparing for this talk, uh, I was feeling quite stressed and overwhelmed at the time. Um, and I remember praying this, pray, come, praying, come Holy Spirit, and just the sitting, I was at home alone, sitting in my chair, and just being overwhelmed by the presence of God and his peace and just knowing that he, however much I care for things uh, and, and care for me and care for my family, he cares so much more. And it's good news. It's good news that, he, that, that God has made a way for us to, to be in his presence and that the Holy Spirit is the carrier of that presence and is in us and with us. And when we say, come Holy Spirit, we open ourselves to him and his presence. But so often we turn to other things rather than to God to meet our need. You know, I've been thinking a bit about, um, I guess, that some of our culture, right, and some of the way that we do things. And I, I think this is true of Kiwi culture. I think it's also true, actually might just be true of people in general, right? But, but we love to have it together. We love to be in control. We love to be in charge of our lives, to feel like we're in charge of our lives, that we've got it, you know, I know where I'm going, I know what I'm doing. 
We have a plan, we budget, we forecast, we predict. In September 2019, who would have predicted what was to come? I think that um, we, we, can, we kind of fall into this illusion of control. And it's not that planning is bad or forecasting is bad or anything like that, but when those things become our, our, the place upon which we stand, we stand, we are building our house on sand. Instead of praying, come Holy Spirit, we, we will turn to just about anything else to meet our need and to, and to help us in our desperation. We'll numb the pain, cover it up, excuse it away, We may even expect someone else to solve our problem for us, our parents, our spouse or our partner or our family or our friends or our work. And and all the the time, the Holy Spirit waits patiently for us to invite him into our situation. Instead of trying to paper over our desperation, Perhaps we need to embrace it. Perhaps we need to step into that space and ask the Holy Spirit to come and step into it with us. Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. Now, I don't know if... um, the psalmist was in a desert at the time of writing this, but you know, you can, I can relate to that, right? Those moments where you're just so hungry and thirsty for God. It's like, ah, oh, I just long for you to be in this situation with me. I long to know that you are here. This is a prayer of desperation. Are we searching and longing for the Holy Spirit to be with us in our situation, at work, at home, out with our friends? with our family, when we're alone, wherever that is? Are we hungering for him to be with us in a way that is like walking through the desert with no water in sight? He is uh, the spring of living water, the river of life. I had a picture last week of the Holy Spirit coming like soft spring rain and soaking the ground and that seeds that were buried really, really deep in the soil and had long been dry, that soaking down and soaking through and those seeds coming to life. The Holy Spirit is drawn to those who are desperate. The Holy Spirit, God, wants to help us, wants to help people. If you were in a room and there was a kid there, maybe your own child if you have one, who was playing happily, you know, doing, doing their, just chilling out, doing their thing, and a, a child from a third world country who was starving and thirsty, which one would you go to first? You love them both, but you're going to go to the one that has the, the need that needs to be met right now. The weak... And it doesn't mean you don't love your own child. Of course not. It's just that that's where the need is. They don't need you right now. They do. 
And so it is with God. God will always love and provide for his children. But he's going to listen to the cry of the desperate and he will come running to those who are desperate. So we've, as over the past few weeks, we've been exploring the, the, the person and the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit through all of this. I guess part of my prayer today is that you will actually let desperation be stirred up in your heart. Both the, the, the des- the, the, there may well be desperation there for the things that are going on, but that desperate yearning for the Holy Spirit to come and to be with you, and to be with us, and to be uh, wherever we are. And so there are a few prayers of desperation. Come Holy Spirit, I need you. Have you ever, you know, you've been in that space where you're like, I can't do this on my own. So this is what I was praying basically when I was preparing for this. So as um, I think when I talked last time, uh, I was speaking on the 25th of June, uh, and that was the last week of my contract at Waka Kautahi, so my job, and it was ending, and I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know what was um, next for me, and what I'd been really confronted with was this, uh, and what God was challenging me on was that I was there saying, I need you to do this, I need this particular thing, I need this job, I need it to be like this, and I need this and this and this to be true. And the, 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 and, and the motive for that was that, you know, I see myself as the breadwinner, right, as the, as the provider. And God's going, no, no, who's the provider here, Matt? Who provides for you? And it, it really challenged me. I mean, I've been challenged on all sorts of things, right, in my, my walk as a Christian. Uh, and, and I guess what I feel like I've mostly been challenged on is these things that I do that are not godly, right? Um, that I think, and that, 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 you know, I would see them as not good things. But more recently, God has been challenging me on the good stuff, the things that I would see as good, because he's going, who's really in control here? Who is your advocate if you're looking for work? Who is with you? Who is, um, you know, and I don't think there's, at, at one level, there's nothing wrong with caring about my family enough and wanting to make sure that um, my family and the mortgage are kept in the manner to which they're accustomed. Um, but, you know, and there's, there's all sorts of stuff about being a good steward. But I'd come to, I came to realise that I'd made this thing a thing about me, not a thing about him. He is Jehovah Jireh. He has a, a thousand cattle on a thousand hills and he can provide for, he can, he can meet whatever needs we have. So I was praying, I need you, right? And, I, and what I had to do was start going, well, I need you, just come and do what you want to do. Don't, don't, don't try and come and, and cram yourself into whatever box I've made for you. Come and do what you want to do. And I need to trust you in that. I don't, have what it would, I don't have what it would take to make it through this moment. I don't decide who, who um, hires for roles. 
I can go and I can present and I can turn up to interviews and all that kind of stuff, but it's not my decision. It's theirs. And actually, it's his. You know, when, um, when a kid cries out in the middle of the night, I need you. Mum, Dad, I need you. I mean, I, I've, I've had a few moments and it actually, I, you know, where you, you're up and out of bed before you realise you're awake. <laughs> and uh, we come running and the Holy Spirit is drawn to that, to that need. Healthy people don't need a doctor. Did I? Oh, it's up there, yeah. Good. Sick people do. I have come not to those who think they are righteous, but to those who know they are sinners. The Lord has come to us. He knows us. He knows us well. He knows his plans for us. He knows, he knows what we need. And I think that for me, learning to pray, Lord, your will be done, not mine, is the, the journey he's taking me on. Just do what you want to do and show me what that is and I'll go and do that. People who recognise they need, that they, are, that they are nothing without God, nothing without him, are the ones who get to the front of the line. If we recognise that he is in control, then he will um, be with us. God blesses those who are poor in spirit, who are poor and realise their need for him for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. What a, what a, what a, uh, what a bargain, right? That, that if when we realise that we don't have it all together, no matter how much we, some days totally have it together. Others don't, right? But regardless of that, actually, in general, he's the one that's in control. I'm not, right? When we realise that we uh, have nothing, God gives us everything. He gives us his kingdom. All that heaven has to offer us is ours when we recognise our need for him. So that's true of us as Christians. And if you, if you don't know him or you haven't made a decision to follow Jesus, it's also true that he has that to offer you as well. Another prayer of desperation. Help me. Come, Holy Spirit, help me. One of the, and I've, I've already alluded to this, when I spoke uh, in June, I talked about how, um, the, I talked about the centurion uh, who sent people to Jesus because a servant was sick. And the centurion said, in essence, you have the authority, you do what you need to do, and I will trust that that is the right thing. And he, he said, um, you know, that he, he said he went into that expecting the yes, but being prepared for the no. This is a prayer that tells the Holy Spirit, I can't do this, I'm, oh no, hang on. Um, real faith, according to Jesus, asks for yes and is prepared for the no. And sometimes we get really specific, and this is what I was alluding to about what we want the answer to prayer to be. It's got to be this thing. It's got to look like this and it's got to taste like this and it's got to sound like this. But it's like, it's like you know, you're hanging off a cliff with a hand one hand up and you're kind of holding on by your fingernails and you're going, oh, I need help, I need help. But someone has to come with a rope and it's got to be a rope from, you know, it's got to be a really good climbing rope. It can't just be any old rope. It's got to be a really good climbing rope and I need a harness and, and oh, they've got to come like this. And they better come from the top. They better not come from down below. And, 
You know, it's like you're just going, please help me, but, but come and only if you've got like Kathmandu gear can you help me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or Mac, yep. Yeah, I mean, there is that ad, right, with the people hanging with the MacPack jacket. I was thinking of that, but, but it's that, it's the, it's that, it's just that, you know, he might choose to come a different way. He might choose to catch you when you fall rather than pull you up to the top. And that's challenging, right? No one likes the feel of, feeling of falling. The last, the last couple of weeks have felt a bit like that for me, right? I've let go. Oh, please catch me. Um, we don't get to make calls about how or who or when he helps us. We do get to ask him to help us. Holy Spirit, help me. We shouldn't be asking for a method. We should be seeking the master. The person of the Holy Spirit who is, our, who is the parakletos, who's coming alongside, who we, can, who, who we call to and summon alongside to help us in our time of need. The one who comes alongside and aids us. And I think that for me, this verse in James about wisdom is just this thing about going, it's, it's what I need, God, is you. I don't, I don't care how you come, how you turn up, what you do, just come. I need you and I'm going to be focused on you and put my faith in you and trust that you will come. When we trust for the helper to come, we need to trust the helper to do what is best. And this is the key to prayer is trust. Um, I wrote down in the worship, I was thinking about, you know, the the people say faith is spelt R-I-S-K. I think faith is spelt T-R-U-S-T. It's when we trust that we will take risks. Come, Holy Spirit, I am weak. Have you had those moments where you felt like you're at the end of whatever? End of your tether, end of your resources, end of your energy? Or those moments where you're faced with something and you just go, I can't overcome that. It might be addiction or it might be sin or it might be something else, and you're just like, this is too big. I can't, I, I, I don't have what it takes to battle that. I think that, um, you know, a part of the, what is it, the, um, there's a prayer for Alco- uh, Alcoholics Anonymous or that kind of thing, right? Grant me the, what is it? Grant me the wisdom to know what I can control and what I can't and the, and, and the wisdom to know the difference or something like that. Yeah, and the, yeah. But it's that thing about knowing that sometimes we aren't, we don't have it. We can't solve this problem. This is bigger than us. I'm not strong enough to carry this burden. I can't carry myself or my family through this. I can't carry my friends through this. I can't carry my, my uh, uh, staff or my organisation or my business through this. I'm not strong enough to do this work and finish it well. It happens. This prayer rattles heaven. 
because Paul, right, who I would often I would see as the, the, the Christian guy who had it together, right? I mean, he was on a mission and he just went for it, right? And he went through all sorts of stuff for it. And yet, in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 12, he says this, I was given a thorn in my flesh. Three different times I begged God, the Lord, to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. I mean, this is, this is when we go to God and say, I'm weak, I can't do this. You know what, what, what the response is? Perfect. Because <laughs> now I can. Best case scenario. <laughs> Paul was desperate. He'd asked and asked for it to be taken away. God's answer did not come in the form of relief. He didn't take it away. He didn't remove the thorn. The Holy Spirit was teaching Paul that even with a thorn in his flesh, he is enough. The Holy Spirit is enough. He's more than enough. He is saying, I'm strongest in your weakness. This is God going, I know you, I made you, I know where your strengths are, I know where your weaknesses are. I can work through all of that. I'm there with you and your strengths. The thing is, is that it's very easy and very human of us to claim our strengths. I did that. I'm good at that. And I did that. And he's gifted us with those strengths. It's not that it's bad. But even in those, those times, it's good to honour him and go, thank you, Lord, for giving me the skills, the experience, the whatever it is to do that. But when we see our weakness and see him move through it, and we, can, we, we, we create a space, I think, that is um, not there sometimes. Sometimes the Holy Spirit comes and calms the storm. Other times the Holy Spirit comes and calms his child. When we pray, Holy Spirit, come, regardless of the timing or his method, he will come. And he will walk us through the storm, the mountain, the desert, the whatever it is that we're facing. We can, you know, I think that um, there's this, dynamic in us, right, where we, we work to master things, right? We work to um, be good at things, and it's good. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying anything like that, is, that, that stuff is wrong. And I think it's good that we take those things that we work to master before the Lord and we offer them to him as gifts, as offerings. But it's so easy to lean into that and kind of just paper over the cracks of the places where we're just not there. We haven't got it together. We can't get it together, whatever that looks like. And I honestly think that walking with the Lord involves bringing all of it to him, all of it. The stuff that we don't want to talk about, the stuff that we don't want to... Uh, you know, that we think we can hide from him. The stuff that we're desperate for, but afraid for, uh, to ask for help. 
And what it boils down to, and the thing that I found myself singing over and over again when we were singing that song, I Surrender, is I trust you, Lord. I trust you. I trust you. And it's, it was actually quite hard to start with. Because I think we say it, right? But start thinking about the things in your life where you're like, well, actually, maybe I'm not trusting God there. Can you say, I trust you with... So for me, I trust you with, my, with provision for the family. I trust you with... Uh, my work, with my career. Things that I had taken as I do these things. Right? Now I'm going, actually, I, you do those things. Just show me the way, show me the door, and I'll go and do the, the thing that you want. So in, the, in our places of strength, trusting him and offering them to him. In our places of weakness, trusting him and offering them to him. So, uh, I'm going to stop talking about it. <laughs> um, and I was, pr- I was praying before the service. Um, if we could stand, I'm gonna, we're going to spend some time waiting on the Lord. Asking him to, we'll ask him to come and see what, what he wants to do. And uh, when I was, but before I was the service, I, I was asking him what I thought he wanted to do. And I asked, Lord, who do you want to help today? And there were two groups, I guess, for want of a better word. Um, The first... That's not helpful. I wrote down a verse, but not the the actual book. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's, It's chapter three. Definitely chapter three. I did put notes in here, so hopefully, hopefully, they will actually get me where I need to go. Nope. Nope, I did not put a note in for that. Okay, well, anyway. So. (laughs) Oh, God, that's funny. So, um, the first, uh, um, what I, the word that came to me was, um, Addicts, and I mean that in a really broad sense, right? Those who are ensnared in something. And I think that the the thing is there are so many things that want to shape us in their image in our world. It could be a substance, right? Alcohol, drugs, vaping, smoking, whatever. It could be something like sex or pornography, but it also could be something like work like that we become addicted to our work and to being a good, a good boss or a good um, manager or a good um, employee or whatever. It could be uh, social media, which is explicitly designed to be addic- addictive, right? You know, you're sitting there scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. It could be um, politics. I think we're coming into an election and all of our political parties would like to shape us in their image, um, not because we would benefit from it necessarily, but because they would get our vote. But these are people who know that, I guess in a sense, know that there's a brokenness there, whatever that thing is. And the word, oh, yes, I know what it was. Uh, 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18. 17. Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 
And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So there are many things that would seek to shape us in their image and use our weakness and our brokenness to do that. The Lord has made a space and there's an invitation for people who feel that happening to say, let me come in and I will give you freedom and I will shape you in my image to be the person I made you to be. And at the other end of the spectrum, those people, the other group of people, are the, you know, the, the people in control. You've got it together in your work, your business, your family, your church, whatever. You've got it all sorted. It's all good. But deep down, you know that it's hanging by a thread or it's a house of cards. And you might be in, uh, afraid to give up these things to the Lord, uh, to give up control of things to the Lord, because maybe you'll do something crazy with it, right? You know, that, that thing, oh my goodness, he's going to make me sell all my stuff and go and be a missionary in somewhere, you know, that. But it, the, the word here, there's, there's two, really. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord's plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And then Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the father, how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. And if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is today, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat and what shall we drink and what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these, these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for, for tomorrow will worry about itself. So Lord, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Lord, and show us the places where we rely on ourselves instead of relying on you. And grow in us the hunger, the desperation for you. just feel two things. One, I mean, you can just do this where you are if you, if you want to. The first is uh, to hand over your mastery to the Lord. 
whatever that might mean for you, and invite him into that. So just, um, you might want to put your hands out like you're giving something. And whatever those things are, just uh, lay them at his feet and offer them to him. The promise. Come, Holy Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come into these things that are being offered right now and that you would fill them with your Spirit, that you would um, redeem, if necessary, those things, those that mastery, whatever that is, and that you would fill it with your Spirit and that it would become a real blessing that you would be that that you would work through these people through those things. Let your favor go before them, and your blessing be upon those gifts that you have so generously given, and that have been given back to you, Lord. Yeah, the promise for you is that He will work through those things, and that those gifts will be a blessing. That mastery will be a blessing, far beyond what you can imagine. And the other, um, just there, there may be things that are going on. You don't have to, for you, that, that where you're just feeling at the end, at the end of your tether. It may be that dealing, as I, as, as I said, dealing with um, things that feel like addiction. It may just be uh, that you feel like you're in free fall. You've let go of the cliff and you're falling. Just place all of that before him too as an offering. Offer it to him. Even if it's sin and you feel like I can't take that before the Lord because look at it, it's ugly. Offer it to him. Give it to him now. He's here and he, his blood has washed you clean. Now, yesterday, tomorrow and forever. At the communion table, we were we recommitted to his blood washing us clean. So you can put anything before him. Just lay it before him. And his promise to you is that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord. He can redeem even these things. Refine them in fire. Come Holy Spirit as a refiner. Yes, Lord, come. He is good. You can trust him with whatever it is. 
hurt, the, the joy, the whatever it is. Just going to pray and wrap up, but uh, if you would like prayer for anything after, feel free to come and I'm happy to pray with you or get people to stand with you. Uh, if you want to take your offering and just um, stand before the cross or kneel or whatever before the cross and and make that physical act of offering, then then feel free to do so. So, Lord, I thank you for all that you've done for us, for your provision, for your... Uh, and for the, the, the incredible gift of your son. I thank you, Jesus, that you did come and you did live a sinless life and that you were saved, you, you, sorry, you, you were crucified and that you were raised on the third day and that you've ascended to be with the Father, that me, we may have a way to be in the courts of the King. In Hebrews, it says that because you've done all of this, we can approach the throne of grace for the mercy and the grace we need whenever we need help. What a privilege to stand in your courts before you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for coming and doing that. And thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming alongside us and never leaving us, being in us and with us and through us, and there for us to call upon when we need your help. I just thank you and praise you for, for everything, really. It's just, it's, it's too much for my small mind to behold. Yeah, I ask for your blessing upon everyone here, Lord, that they would know you walking alongside them, Holy Spirit, that they would know your presence, Lord, uh, and now and this afternoon and the week to come. And they would be empowered by you, In your precious name, Jesus, amen.